Hi, I'm Kent. And I'm Anna. And this is Film and Family. We're married, wildly in love with each other, we actually like our kids most of the time, and we make feature films. We are living proof that film and family are not mutually exclusive. And we believe that anyone, in any circumstance, can make a feature film. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. Let's jump right in. Hi, welcome to the podcast today. We have kind of a unique one to share with you. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about our post-film school experience and sort of our film school experience leading up to that. This is in response to a friend of ours who's teaching at Brigham Young University, which is our alma mater, named Lindsay Campenhout, and she's a producer and currently an instructor at BYU, and she's done a lot of work with her husband, Willem, and they're just really great people that we really love and admire. And they have two little boys. And we got an email from Lindsay just recently outlining a few questions that she wanted us to answer for the sake of her outgoing film students and film students that are kind of, they have some questions and concerns about post-graduation and everything. And we just thought this would make a good podcast episode. And a lot of our listeners we know are in film school or graduating from film school. Maybe you're not in film school, but I think all of these things might still apply to you and you think about your future film career. So we're just going to go through those and answer them with each other. A little bit of background on what we're doing right now in our film career for those that are new or, or new to the podcast or listening for the first time. We currently own a production company called Invisible Mansion Pictures. And we make um, some commercial film. We are focusing mostly on feature filmmaking. We have a lot of projects in development, including a feature film that is wrapping up in post-production. And we also have a few of other projects that are in script phase or other development phases. So, yeah. Our the mission of our company is twofold, which is one, to make the best films that we can, and two, to help other filmmakers be able to make feature films, especially people who feel like they are struggling to balance feature filmmaking with a healthy personal life or a family, people who are in similar situations to us where they have values they want to maintain and they have life they want to enjoy outside of their film career. And we help them to make their feature film and also have a great life at the same time. Yeah. Whatever that means. Great life, I mean. That's <laughs> what that means for you. And so we, yeah, I'll also mention that on this last feature film I produced, there were three writers on the script, including Anna and myself, and um, Brando White, who's an actor, writer that we know, who's really talented. Anna directed, and I'm involved in the editorial phase, but I don't think I'm the lead editor. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that, that's something that's kind of been an evolving thing, just a naturally evolving, and that's okay. But typically, I think Anna and I both have uh, directorial careers that we have ahead of us, but we work. We're kind of multifaceted and sometimes Anna steps in and EDs and sometimes I will do a lot of cinematography and editing and or producing on this one. That's just to kind of give you an idea of what our skill sets are and what our background is as filmmakers. Yeah. And this first question actually was about what our emphasis was while we were in the film program and how that track or focus played a role in what we're doing now. I mean, it's easy for me because I knew I wanted to direct Honestly, I think a lot of people go into film school thinking they want to direct and then they try a lot of different disciplines and they might find one they like more. So I think that's pretty common. But ultimately, I, I still 
by the end wanted to direct more than anything else. Um, but I feel like I, I really benefited from trying lots of different things. I didn't necessarily want to write, but now I like writing and directing. So your track was directing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the same for myself. Uh, you know, I take a, an elective here and there, depending on whatever it is I wanted to learn. Like I took an avid class, which hasn't affected anything I'm doing now because I haven't touched avid since I took the avid class. But I applied some of those editing principles. You know, I, I work jobs on campus and stuff. You know, you learn what you need to technically, but I mostly focused on directing classes. I think that was, I never like declared a an emphasis. I don't think you really have to, but that's... That's, yeah, I think we both mostly took directing focused stuff. Yeah. And it was pretty simple for us, but I still think whatever you study, it will bring an interesting, unique perspective to what you make because some of the most interesting directors out there, I think, are those who have studied other disciplines and they bring that to their craft. Like George Miller. George Miller. He was a medical doctor before he was a director. And then he made Lorenzo's Oil, which is one of Dean Duncan's favorite movies. And it's a medical drama, but it's unlike. No one could have written and directed that movie. Yeah, it's really incredible. It was amazing. And then you get Terrence Malick, who was. He taught philosophy for 20 years in in the middle of his film career. (laughs) Like he's a hiatus. (laughs) No, there's lots of examples of people with incredible talents and skills that are unrelated to their acting but then become very related to their acting or their directing or their writing a little bit. Yeah, I, I said acting because I was thinking of Viggo Mortensen <laughs> who's like a poet songwriter polyglot multilinguist person like he's just <laughs> and that all st- I feel like all that stuff comes out in his movies it's kind of interesting how that works you see everyone's style Damien Chazelle loved jazz and so he does these films about Whiplash, a jazz drummer. Jamie Foxx knew how to play piano before he got the role for Ray, and the director didn't even know it. He didn't even know that he could play the piano before he got the role for Ray Charles. So yeah, I would recommend following your interests. Yeah. Take the classes that are interesting to you and don't feel like you have to tailor it all specifically in one direction. This is what Austin Kleon says in his book, Steal Like an Artist, which is incredible. Great read. It's really fast, but it's really good. And he says the common denominator is you. So do you want to curate your. Yeah, you don't have to say this is my style and only do this thing. You just like everything that you like and you are what they all have in common. Yeah, I think even Scott Christopherson shared that with me, who was one of my professors. He, he taught me a ton. And I feel like I took his documentary class, but I had no emphasis in documentary in the end. And I learned so much in that doc class. I loved that class. And he even said, He's like, I kind of wish I hadn't like gone out there and said, I am a documentary and I don't do fiction at all. And he's like, I think I kind of limited some of the learning experiences I, I could have had if I wouldn't have shoehorned myself. Not that I think he regrets going into documentary. He's made super good films and he's a really good documentarian. But I, I like that advice where it's just like, stay open and whatever. So, I mean, that's kind of what I feel like I've done. I've just, I just took the classes I thought I needed to take, to learn what I needed to learn, regardless of whatever the track was. So what are your plans for post-graduation going into your final semester? What were your plans? So for us, what were we planning post-graduation? We were already married. We already had already parents, two kids. So when I graduated, you were pregnant with, oh, you're right. Yeah. When I graduated, I walked across the stage with a baby in my arms and another one on the way. (laughs) So I was pregnant and we, we graduated about the same time. We walked at the same time. Yes, we did. 
I had a melon. That was kind of cool. Finish up. So we knew we wanted to go somewhere where films were being made a little more so than where we got our degrees in Utah. <laughs> so we were thinking, well, California or New York. Kent mentioned that there was a lot of film in Georgia. And I started doing some research into Georgia because I'd never heard of that. So being a film hub. Never heard of Georgia. <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just didn't realize it was a film hub at all. And then I researched it and realized that more of the highest grossing films are made in Georgia than L.A. or New York. And that's been the case since, what, 2016? Yeah, I think so. Since the tax incentive has been the best one in the nation and they have a huge studio. I think Arizona's trying to top us now. But well, let's see what happens, but well. they have a huge studio. It's 15 minutes from our house where they shoot all the Marvel movies. And anyway, we moved to Georgia and that, that, that was in the plan. That, that was kind of plan. We had a production company already that was mostly shooting wedding videos at that time as we were yeah. approaching graduation. We've transitioned out of that, but that was something we learned a lot from. And yeah, did a lot so, of practice and yeah. did lots of little commercials and all kinds of fun things there. Yeah. So how did you prepare for post-college? I guess we decided we were going to move to Georgia. And uh, I don't know. I think we just, sometimes I think, especially at that point in our lives, we were very like, I don't know, just close your eyes and jump. We'll just make movies somehow. Well, we knew we wanted to make movies. And we also knew we wanted to have a family and we didn't really know how to get there. We also needed to make money to eat and pay rent. So we just kind of tried to do all of those things at the same time. Yeah. And it's, it's been a ride, but how do we prepare for that? I don't know. We went to film school. <laughs> That's how we prepared. We made as much stuff as we could while we were in school tried to keep up with our assignments and then we made a lot of stuff on the side like i dp'd friends video like friends short films yeah. you produced some stuff we wrote stuff and we killed we we did do a short film we tried to pitch at our school they do a capstone project which is a project that is funded and staffed by the school and they provide their resources and equipment to make a short film and it's kind of a big deal if you get to make a capstone which we were not selected to do but we decided to go ahead and make the short film we had pitched anyway so that was something we did post-college was get that put together pretty soon after we graduated i think about six months after we really finally got everything wrapped up and we graduated we moved out to georgia and then like six months after we got to georgia we flew back to utah and shot that film because all of our film contacts were in Utah, which I'll, I'll give it to Utah. We didn't want to stay there, but we have so many film contacts in Utah still. And we've lived in Georgia for almost four years. And I still think we have some of our tightest collaborators are still living in Utah or we met them in Utah and they've moved to other places. And so that is something really convenient. If you go to a local film school, where you want to end up is that you make contacts where you're going to live and yeah. You stay close to them, and that's been somewhat of a struggle to start over again once we moved out here and yeah. build a new network. The choice for us still feels right, but it's a good consideration to to keep in mind. So, yeah. So, here's the next question. What are the lessons you learned in school that impacted your post 
school life the most? I think for me, I think I'll say a couple things. One thing that jumps to mind is that BYU's film program is kind of unique because it's such a critical studies program. And a lot of students complain about that because they're all about, I need more hands-on, I need more hands-on. And I get that feeling because sometimes that creative monster just eats you alive inside and you really want to make stuff. And I feel that way still sometimes. And I am making stuff and it gets better because you do start making more things. But man, looking back, that is what sets your education apart. You know, you'll talk to other people with even terminal degrees from other universities and they still, it feels like haven't seen very many movies. And if they have seen lots of movies, they've seen a lot of the Hollywood sort of canonical Hollywood films, but they haven't really explored documentary and foreign films and films that are really old and really silent films. You know, like when I say really silent, I mean like, <laughs> like, you know, just way all the way back to like 1895, 1900, 1915. You know, you haven't watched any like Shoestrom. They haven't watched hardly any old zoo. They haven't watched. And I'm not like trying to diss on anybody. I'm just saying it helped me realize the value of that education because I felt like the professors really dug into the history, really dug into the theory. And that stuff, I mean, as a writer director has profoundly impacted my work and my perspectives. And it's helped me realize that filmmaking is more than just the excellency of your execution of the medium, but also it has a lot to do with your perspectives on life itself, your perspectives, your thoughts on relationships and humanity and spirituality and, you know, just whatever it is that these values that are deep in your life or in your heart, you make movies about those things and you can actually articulate it because you, you know, the great conversation and you know, the language, you haven't just watched lots of films or even shot lots of stuff and learned all the camera settings and done lots of editing, but you've, I don't know, you've kind of immersed yourself in the language and difficult conversations about that language and about life itself, you know? So Sharon's theory classes that we took and history classes, and those were all really valuable. So those are, I think the ones that impact my, the work I do as a writer and just any project that I decide to attach myself to and work on. Really, that steers a lot of my decision-making, I think, with some of that education. Yeah. I agree. That was one of the first things that came to my mind as well, was just that even more than the technical training, I feel like I benefited so much from the theory and history, which when I learned that our particular film program was a critical studies program. And so it is not as focused on technical training. And sometimes I worried about that. The thing about technical training is that it changes so frequently as new equipment comes out and workflow changes the way that things are done. And so it's something you have to always be on top of anyway. But theory and history really opened my mind to how to speak this language in a way that transcends whatever gear you're using. Right. And also to be aware of what's already been done and what's been said and be inspired by, like you said, films from all different time periods and countries we took we enjoyed a german and scandinavian film class french and italian cinema we watched old films documentary classes not just production documentary but also historical documentary classes and we had film classes where we were given reading materials and classic books and literature and other other storytelling sources yeah mediums yeah mediums yeah that's sort of 
Um, I also feel like we got some really good production and hands-on experience at towards the end of our film experience or our school experience, which was really good for movies specifically like narrative filmmaking. But even if we hadn't gone there, which I think I, I don't want to downplay any of those experiences. Once again, the value of those classes wasn't just the technical sides of it. The value of those, we learned those technical things outside of school. The, the value of those classes, once again, was theoretical. It was, yeah, you're getting hands on the movie making process, but it was, but once again, you're still learning the language. It wasn't like, oh, what, what'd you set your ISO to? What camera did you use? What was your budget? It was, okay, what were you thinking about putting the camera here for? You know, it was still a theoretical conversation, I feel like. So, yeah, I think it was less valuable for the critical little technical things and more valuable because of the process of just cranking out a ton of work and yeah. getting feedback on it and just having to make stuff and put it in front of people and get the hard truth about all the ways you fell short and even feel that as you watch it yourself. And when we were students, at, we had a big group student meeting and I'll actually always remember that Willow Campenhouse said something that I remember. And he said, if the only work you're doing in school and the only applicatory experience that you're getting is in school, like assignments, you're going to come out of film school pretty unprepared. <laughs> like if you actually want to be like someone who can turn stuff around and make stuff, you're going to need to be doing stuff outside of your classwork anyway. So I know that right now with, with COVID and stuff, there's going to be a limit. I, I have friends at USC who were, a lot of their projects were getting shut down or delayed and it was very hard to get stuff off the ground via the school. But you're making stuff anyway outside of school, either for paid clients or just passion work. You can't really be stopped by any like COVID stuff. Luckily, at least right now, things are slowing down. But. Well, we did that in several different ways. We set a goal at one point to make a film every single week. Mm -hmm. Even though we weren't getting paid for those, we just did a passion project. Well, and it wasn't like even a film. A but video. <laughs> just make a video of us going rock climbing this weekend and it'll be neat. We'll make a sizzle. Bring the camera. Out. Yeah, we'll cut bring it together. our Canon T3i and whatever. <laughs> And then we also were working at BYU doing film editing for independent study. Which is now continuing education. They've dissolved that. Oh, yeah. That's right. And we... We worked there with Lindsay Camp and him. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that and we had our production company that we started and started doing really cheap wedding videos for our friends as they got married. Yeah, starting at $50, I think, was our first one. So... All of that gave us a lot of chances to just practice and make tons of work. Not all good. No, mostly but, bad. Mostly but. bad. Absolutely. <laughs> so what lessons do you wish you had learned in school? And what realities have you come to face that you didn't feel prepared for? So those are kind of like a two-phase question. Like, what do you wish you'd learned? And how does that kind of bite you in the butt? I mean, we actually have a program kind of all about this. That's true. <laughs> the film and family academy is designed to bridge a gap that I felt like I experienced, which was I learned how to make things and learned basically everything besides how to get a film financed and actually move feature into films. feature films. We could make short content and we could make some money even with short content, but we didn't know how to make a feature film and get something of that scale financed and distributed and all of that. So that's where the gap was. And we went out on our own and got that education. And it took a lot of 
hard trial and error. It took a lot of signing up for courses and mentorships. Reading lots of books, listening to some interesting podcasts. Tons of time, tons of money. And it was seven years after we graduated. No, five years after we graduated before we made our feature film. Four, I think. I mean, I graduated longer. I technically graduated <laughs> in 2017, but it was closer to 2016. I think that we, that we really, yeah, I think it about took four around years. four or five years before we actually got to that point where we were able to make a feature film, even though that was the goal. Yeah. Along. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, short films, the school either funds it if you're doing a capstone, mostly or almost all the way. And, uh, you know, you can always get like a Kickstarter to fund a short film, but a feature, Kickstarters can't really get get enough money i feel like for features uh, maybe and it's not the model we followed you can do it yeah you can do it anyway but yeah like like how to do that was a big gap i I would just agree with everything you said in in terms of that gap and And on that note if that's something you feel like you relate to or that you experience when you graduate or even now that's not too it's not too early to start when you're in film school a lot of great directors started while they were still in film school danny chazelle was in film school when he made his first feature right so was um, M. Night Show yeah 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 it was like people you have access to professors and resources that you just won't when you're done so why wait if you're able to yeah most of our professors won't talk to us anymore I'm just kidding (laughs) well they're busy (laughs) they have students that are their first priority all right well so if you feel like you relate to that in the show notes we'll include a link to our free checklist which is basically what our program goes through step by step. And you can download that for free and just use it to guide you as you go through your first feature film. So just wanted yeah, to make you aware of that. That's a goal. That's a good free resource. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to current students who may feel indecisive about their future path? It's an interesting question. I, again, just would say follow your passions. I know that might sound somewhat cliche, but follow your dreams. Follow your heart. <laughs> but I had a lot of friends in college who didn't even know what they wanted to do at all for a living. And when they would just take classes for fun to fill up their schedule, they would often find something that they love to do and a way to make money doing it. And I think in film, you can do sort of the same thing, just Try whatever sounds fun to you and yeah. play with it, experiment with it. You'll find something you love. Yeah. Some people might already know, like they might have a specialty that they really want to focus on, or they might even just like know that they're going to direct. They're really passionate about that. But if you're someone who's got that big question, like a big gap in your mind, that usually stems from some self-doubt. Not always, but sometimes it can stem from self-doubt. Like, oh, I can't provide for a family responsibly by making feature films, or I can't direct movies because, you know, no one starts directing. They have to do something else first, or I should maybe being a professor or teaching or, or making commercials or being a DP or an editor is a more responsible way. I'm like, I don't know, just whatever you feel like you, you can put your best work into, even if that's writing or directing or acting, whatever, just do it. You're going to have to pioneer some of your path because your, your path is going to be somewhat unique to you. So there's no getting around that no matter what you focus on. So, well, and if you're trying to choose between a few specific paths, for example, like when we were deciding, should we live in LA, New York, or Georgia? We had kind of those three options that we were considering the most. If you have some options like that, I would say pick the one you like your reasons for the most. Just list out your reasons for each choice, each option, and pick the one you like your reasons for the most, because sometimes our reasons are fear-based, like you were saying, Kent, and 
those aren't good reasons to make a decision because we're afraid. Yeah. You want to make a decision that has strong reasons behind it. And of course, if you're religious, which we know that students from BYU, what we went to school often okay. are, not always, but often, we have always been prayerful about our own decisions. And that really helps us to feel like God is helping us and he guides our paths and helps us know what we can do and what's going to not be too hard on our family or on our well-being. Yeah. And that he won't necessarily tell us what to do, but he will hopefully tell us if we're going to do something really dumb. <laughs> no, we're going to stop this, ruin our lives or our careers. So yeah, I agree with that. And that's, that's been a help for me for sure. I guess that's everything. Feel free to reach out to us if you have more questions. And thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, you'll love the Film and Family Academy, a program designed to teach anyone how to make a feature film. No, we won't teach you how to put a camera on a tripod. This is for professional filmmakers who want to transition into a feature film career. You cannot have a career making feature films until you've made at least one. Anyone can make a feature film using our proven model. The things that are holding you back aren't what you think. You don't have to quit your day job, neglect family responsibilities, have tons of money, or sacrifice your health. There is a sustainable, healthy way to make your dream a reality. And that's exactly what you'll learn in the Film and Family Academy. It's risk-free. If you follow all the steps in the program, you'll finance and finish a feature film by the end, or we'll give you your money back. Learn more at invisiblemansion.com forward slash film and family, or click the link in the show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.